So I'm not going to lie. I had an entire episode already done, but this is me going back and deleting it because to be honest, the episode previously, this has happened on occasion, but never have I ever um, gone back and genuinely thought, what the hell is wrong with me? I've been, um, you know, I've been busy this week, but I listened to the episode prior to this one, right? Uh, I was only eight minutes in and I just stopped like, wow. What the hell's wrong with me? It was not my best work. Having said that, I got a sinking feeling recently, and I think I should talk about it. I think that's what's really bothering me, to be honest. The The main reason being is, normally, whenever you have a sinking feeling, you know, it bothers you. You, you have stuff in the back of your mind, and you think, okay, I'm never going to actually say this, or, you know, it, it's going to eat away at you. you. You should not do that. Always speak your feelings, okay? Whether it's towards someone or towards yourself. To be honest, in this case, it's something that I need to talk about with all of you. We can't just ignore what happened in Texas in 2021. The freeze, you know, like all the snow hitting, it was bad. It was really bad. No one was prepared. So I thought, why don't we go over some things, you know, just to be on the safe side. Wherever you're from, wherever you're living, this is going to be... Think of it as a little unofficial safety guide. Anyway. Before I finish um, what I was about to say earlier, I want to address something that some people saw on my Twitter, and I got to be the bigger man and admit it. I was planning on getting a billboard, one of those $40 um, 15 second billboards in Times Square, but things did not go as planned whatsoever, so we just canceled it, period. I don't know what it was about my logo, the logo itself, right? I was just going to put the logo up there in Times Square for 15 seconds for 40 bucks. I don't know what it was. The app deemed it illegal, which I don't know about that, but... You know, I'm not going to question it. I tried it a few times. It didn't work. They didn't let me email them. They didn't let me do anything. Fuck that app. So we're just going to go traditionally and just let the podcast be discovered by people. All right. Cool. Great. Anyway, let's talk about what happened in in Texas during the blizzard. Because how often do you hear the words Texas and blizzard in the same sentence? Listen, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I'm usually the guy that does the opposite, right? But we gotta be realistic about things. This winter is gonna be cold. I have a sinking feeling, you know what I mean? I'm normally, unfortunately, I'm normally good at these things, okay? I've predicted a few things in the past and I don't wanna say that I am, but you know, there's a chance. And also, you know, it's, it's just a general good rule of thumb to know things. Like, the people in Texas didn't know that their fireplaces had to be cleaned. That's the problem. They had a lot of soot buildup and a lot of stuff living in chimneys or that was just stuck in the chimney that wasn't cleaned out properly. Soot does build up over time. You got to wash it out. You know, you got to clean it out. What do you think chimney sweepers were for? You know, back in the day, back in the olden Victorian times, they used a lot of indoor heating with a fireplace, but they had a chimney sweep specifically designed to go in and like every day clean it out. We don't have that anymore. We don't have that luxury. There are these special logs that if you're living in the state of Texas, anywhere really, if you're living anywhere, there should be these logs that, if I remember correctly, I think they're still on the market. You would burn them and they would actually clean the soot instead of you having to go in and uh, clean it out yourself. However, I haven't heard of them in a while. Let me make sure they're still around. Here it is. 
I'm not sponsored by this product in any, in any way, shape, or form, but if you do have a fireplace, for the love of God, use these at least once. It's called the Creosote Sweeping Log, the CSL. If you have a, a fireplace, get a CSL, okay? Let's see here. There's actually quite a few options, and they range from anywhere from $20 to $50. That's actually quite a bit. There's a lot of stuff. Jesus, that's a lot. Enjoy your fireplace while cleaning the, um, I don't know. It's, it's funny seeing all the, all the commercials, right? Anyway, let's get forward. Okay. I want to go back a bit. Sorry. Um, these logs are good for cleaning it out in a rush, but they're no replacement for the actual cleaning. So by all means, get it done. Let's skip forward a bit and let's talk about things that I know. One thing that I do know about preparations for things, you know, natural disasters is kind of my strong suit. What do I mean by this? I mean, I've been in plenty. Cause I used to travel. Okay. There's a thing that I, there's a thing that I haven't done in a while. Okay. There's a certain muscle that I need to flex because it's been too long and I don't want to lose it. You know what I mean? What do I mean by this? I mean, preparation. I used to be not a prepper, but I used to be a guy who would over prepare when I was doing OTR. I would be prepared for rain, sleet, snow. I had a fire starter on board. I had a, I, I the only thing I didn't have was guns. I wasn't allowed to carry one, but I had a knife, a lot of stuff. Okay. Dry goods, things that wouldn't expire for a long time. All of these are important to have. If not immediately on you, just somewhere nearby. But this is different. Winter, okay? Of all the times that I could tell you that I've survived things that I really shouldn't have, I got to tell you right now, the cold is something to not joke about. Humans are not built they're not built to live in the cold. They're not built to withstand the freezing temperatures that might come with a new winter. What I'm saying is I'm very concerned about climate change. I'm almost certain that it's going to happen because here in the fucking place that I live, it's already taken effect. So I'm just thinking, all right, might as well prepare. Okay. You want to know how serious I am? I have a stash of firewood. How often do you hear that in California? Not, not often. Okay. It's actually just old refuse, like wooden, wooden furniture that's like gone bad. And we just like take it, tear it to pieces. I think every Mexican family has that actually. We all have the burn pile, I guess. Whenever we have el lumbre, you know what I mean? That's just a thing. That's a thing that happens. But what if you don't have that? See, a lot of the things that I noticed that happened during the Texas, uh, the Texas freeze, along with some other stuff that could potentially happen this year, I think of power outages. Because a lot of people rely on indoor heating, and that's fine, okay? If, you're, if you have electricity, you got solar, perfect. Good for you. You're going to have some sort of uh, electrical source, you know what I mean? But what if that goes down? You need a plan B is what I'm saying. And a lot of what I, a lot, a lot of the research that I initially did is from things that I learned myself. But at the same time, I also learned things from the FEMA website. I learned things from Survivor Man, the guy himself, not the show. Uh, he has a YouTube channel, by the way. There's a thing that people did during the during the blizzard that I think about often and it is the most terrifying thing for me when it comes to that situation. You know, aside from the freezing cold. And that is makeshift fires. If you guys are going to start a fire, do it with clear ventilation, okay? I cannot stress this enough. You will absolutely, you know, choke yourself out. There's no oxygen in the room and there's um carbon monoxide. Carbon monoxide is what I was thinking about. Monoxide has no odor, okay? It's a, it's a really silent killer, but there are symptoms of it, okay? Carbon monoxide can cause headaches, 
dizziness, weakness, upset stomach, vomiting, chest pain, and confusion. The last one is very important to remember, confusion, okay? Because a lot of people will have the first things and think, okay, I'm getting sick because it's getting cold and we made this fire, that's fine. You need to understand, within the first two hours of contact, the headache, the nausea may occur. Life-threatening symptoms will occur after three hours. Three hours, that's not a long time, okay? And this could be mitigated in one way. The way is open a window, open a door. I, if you can, move the fire outside, okay? In fact, start the fire outside to begin with. Worst case scenario, okay? Yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have it really cold inside, but that's better than you know suffocating. You do not want that. Man, why am I even making this episode? You know what? Just cause, okay? I like being informative, okay? I don't know about you guys, but I like knowing shit, and I like having an archive of something. So that's what I'm gonna do here. This is the most basic thing I could tell you, right? Start a fire. Most likely gas lines in the case of a natural disaster or a really horrific event, most likely they'll be down. You're gonna need a match. And here's the thing I noticed too. Some people don't know how to light fires. A very basic one too. Okay, you need a source of fuel. And by fuel, I mean like pieces of wood, like hefty wooden furniture, preferably something not lacquered, okay? Something not painted, just bare wood, okay? Also... I'm talking like logs and stuff, okay? Really big chunks of wood. That's gonna be your fuel. The thing is, it doesn't start up with a single match. That's where people get it wrong. You need to start a smaller fire. The way you do that is to get the match and you need tinder, or tinder, or kindling, okay? Some sort of kindling. Dry grass works perfectly. You can also get a bird's nest, which we actually have a lot of these out here, so we're, we're good. Or, and this is something I actually learned thanks to the Modern Rogue. By the way, thank you Modern Rogue for this one. If you get a knife, a decently sharp one you get a pair of jeans and you start scraping very carefully don't cut yourself scrape the jeans themselves you'll get a very very fine very fine fiber that and that thing burns almost instantly that stuff works pretty well and again thank you modern rogue for that i actually had no idea i learned that from brian brushwood thank you man that's awesome i, I love learning that but yeah these things are important to learn so tinder you know, kindling, tinder, I'm using those words interchangeably. I will just use kindling from now on. Kindling, a match, like that stuff, and you need a small source of fire, you know, make it um, make it small and then keep it going. Keep make, make it slightly bigger, sticks, you know, small pieces of wood. Or in many cases, you can also get, I'm looking around the room actually. Like, let's say this is a scenario where I need to make a fire right now, right? Let's say I've got some spare clothing I'm looking at my old socks specifically, okay? Something that will be of no use to you in the cold. And I'm looking at fibrous socks that are like frayed and torn apart. Socks you were going to throw away to begin with or socks without a pair. Hold one above the fire. It'll start burning. Drop it in and there you go. Don't use too many. You're going you're gonna to want the the string from those, from those socks. But if you could spare one or two, go ahead and throw that in. That'll be a decent fire right there. So you've got your basics down. You've got a fire going and now you're in a house with dry goods and the problem is you go to turn on the sink and there's dirty water or no water at all comes out. What do you do? Well, again, we're talking in, in terms of the cold, okay? Let's say it's snowing outside. In that case, bring in a lot of snow in a pot and melt it down. Don't drink it right away. You can't drink water that's you know still dirty. I mean, it may have been snow, but that doesn't mean it's purified. It's still dirty. It's still got contaminants in there. Try to get as much leaves and stuff out of it you know what i mean a water purifier in this case would work perfectly but if you don't have one 
well, first off, PG&E actually sells them online. They're actually very cheap. They sell them at a loss, actually. In fact, they're they they have gallons of like like they'll purify gallons of water with a tiny pack. If you've never seen them online, you'd be surprised. They're really good to keep in in an emergency situation. That way, you can purify water. So even if it comes out of the sink filthy, you can wash it out. You know what I mean? And it'll be perfectly potable drinking water because water is incredibly important. Okay, but let's say you don't have that. Okay, you've melted down snow. Now you've got some dirty water. Boil it. You know, just boil it. Ideally, you could also use a Brita filter at this point. I would do it after boiling just because I feel like Brita filters are good, but they're not, you know, they're not a life or death situation kind of thing. There's also a form of distilling water, which is difficult, but you could do it. If you have a small pot that the water's boiling in, you need a much bigger pot, put it over it. But again, this is... Uh, it sounded very simple, right? The thing is, it's going to start dripping off the sides. And you need some bigger vessel underneath the fire that's not burning. You see, it's very difficult. So in this case, just just keep some just keep some sort of purification. Water purification tablets are also very cheap if you find them online. And in Big Five, you can find them anywhere, you know? I go to camping sections and sporting goods stores a lot. And I noticed that there are an abundance of things there. In fact, when I mentioned water, we can also mention food, right? Dry goods are very easy to come by. You get beef jerky. In fact, when I was doing OTR, there's a lot of people that had the habit of buying like $50 or $100 worth of beef jerky, and they were good for weeks. Like they were good for, I mean them specifically, they were okay with, for weeks eating that stuff. Or honestly, the beef jerky, if it goes untouched, it can go for months. They don't really expire. They're dried meat, you know what I mean? Preferably if you can make it yourself, that's fine too, but get the most natural thing you could find. There's a lot of stuff that's got, um, well, I don't know. It's a lot of sweeteners. I'm, I'm on a diet, okay? I, I gotta find what I eat. In order to lighten the news, sometimes I have to say some stuff that makes no sense. So I'm gonna lighten it right now because I feel like I've been really serious the whole episode. Daily Dose of Internet just uploaded a video that made me fucking cackle, okay? It made me cackle. Some lady or some guy, I actually don't know. It doesn't matter. Some person got a piece of an apple and put it under their dog's nose and when the dog smelled the apple it started humping the air like what the fuck <laughs> that was their their habit you know they smell apples and they start humping the air i used to have a dog that did something similar where if you try to scratch his head for too long he would just jump up grab your hand and put his penis in your fingers it was disgusting i kind of miss max he's not the current max we have max like the fifth max the fifth generation max the second that's the one i'm talking about I was a kid when it happened. I was so disgusted, too, because I was like, ew, little me was a little shit. <laughs> anyway, that's that's your moment of lightness. Back to seriousness. I hate to be that guy. In fact, I, I know a lot of you people don't know this, and I don't want to break the illusion by any chance, but if you watch Bear Grylls, you know, survive, um, Bear Grylls specifically, okay, Man vs. Wild, that show is... A, sadly, a decent amount of it is bullshit, okay? I'm talking like real bullshit. Survivor Man, on the other hand, is actually based on a man who survived a lot. And the best part is, the actual person, I forget his name, Lee Stroud, I believe. Yeah, I was right, it was uh, Les Stroud. Um, he's like an actual survivor guy, okay? He'll actually go out and record his own thing. He doesn't have a camera crew or anything, it's all him. And he teaches you valuable things. In fact, I watched him a lot growing up, and now I still watch him as an adult because he makes YouTube content. And it's absolutely refreshing because he got all of the 
the episodes of Surviving Winter, Surviving Summer, different places of the world, and he put them on YouTube for free. You could just watch them, okay? Which is normally a much better scenario in this case, you know, because I saw two of his episodes on Surviving the Cold Winters. The difference is he didn't he didn't have access to a house. This was out in the snow. Admittedly, a much more realistic thing, too, because if you're in a house and there's no electricity or heat and you're miles away from the nearest town, you're going to have to go into the wilderness and do something at some point. I'm not going to go too deep into it. There was um, there was an event that I had when I was a, a young truck driver, and a lot of you people do know about this, okay? The, the early listeners of the podcast know this story, but there was a story where I had to sleep in the middle of a desert, no civilization around, and I had half a bottle of water. I was okay because and the thing is, th- there's a thing that some people are self-conscious about, right? Body fat. The thing is, I was a chubby guy, so I had no problems looking for food. What do I mean by that? I mean, I didn't need to. My body just burned off some fat and I was fine. The problem is the half bottle of water. That's where I learned the hard way that your body really, really needs water, even when you're freezing cold, okay? I mean... It's very important to it. The thing is, I was unaware that hypothermia actually works quicker if you're dehydrated. I did not know that. So yes, it is important to melt snow and drink it. But you gotta make sure it's melted. There's a thing that people did wrong, and that's eating the snow, and that would just chap your lips and dehydrate you further. Don't do that. Seriously, that stuff is dirty water. You gotta clean the stuff, okay? Good. Now, let's talk about sources of food, because there's not many. In a cold cold environment let's say you know what i honestly the best thing to for you to do right now is to have just cans of food okay they don't even have to be there for like you don't have you have well what was that what was that you you don't have to get something every year you know what i mean a lot of people will stock up and then restock and the thing is in my family if we looked at the pantry we saw all the things that we had in cans we would be fine for about a month just on canned food alone and dry goods. We make it a habit of buying beans and rice in immense bulk, okay? 40-pound bags each. And you know what? That's going to last a hell of a lot longer than a can. You know what I mean? Well, not a hell of a lot longer. It depends on how you utilize it. The way we did it is we'd make beans, a lot of it, right? We'd put it in bags. We'd put it in the freezer. That's how we did it. And if we were hungry, we would just thaw it out and it tasted like new. You ever had a bag of frozen beans that were already cooked? When you reheat it, it doesn't taste frozen. It tastes fresh. And it's actually really, it's a really helpful tip. Even if you're not surviving, just make some beans, make them in immense bulk, put them in a bag and just freeze them. It, it's actually pretty good. Like they, they cook, they're already cooked. You just got to thaw them out and heat them up again. We're going to reach the elephant in the room in just a moment. But before we do, I want to take a moment to thank every single one of you who um who's listening to the podcast who's supporting me even if you're subscribed to the patreon or not some of you have been subscribing to the youtube channel views have been going up i thank you all immensely okay you have no idea okay i know i've been doing this for what two years a little more now and i feel grateful that you people have even bothered to listen seriously a lot of you have been quiet a lot of you have been silently listening um listening and and I notice because I look at the analytics and I think there's so many people. I never get emails, but there's so many people. And you know what? 
just the fact that you listened or gave it a shot, I appreciate that. I appreciate that more than you could ever know. I just wanted to take a moment to thank you all, okay? Now, the elephant in the room. Bear Grylls, you cannot drink your own urine. Don't do that shit. If you're dehydrated enough to the point where you feel like you need to drink your own urine, you're too dehydrated to do it. You have to be very well hydrated to drink your own urine, and you can only do it once. And it's a bad idea because there's ammonia in your piss, okay? It's just not a good idea. You're better off using your urine to clean your clothes. And I am not joking. The ancient Romans did that, okay? They would actually collect urine. There was a pee tax at some point, okay? I'm not kidding. Look at this. Look this up. There was a pee tax because urine was a valuable commodity in ancient Rome because instead of using any sort of bleach or anything else, they would clean their clothes with urine. Which really begs the question as to what the hell they smelled like back then. Ew. Just use fucking bleach. Never mind. Speaking of cleaning agents, there's something that I that I know how to do that... You, you guys already know, because I'm always fucking bragging about it. The soaps that I made. I think, hypothetically, you could still make that in a... You know, in a world where electricity and... The heating system no longer works, but you have access to fire. You could still do it. The thing is, back then, the way they would make it, right? And listen closely. You'd get some clean water. As clean as you can get it. Unfortunately, you will have to use drinking water for this. You mix in ashes. Okay? You're going to stir it in until it's a very cloudy solution. And that's going to be, essentially, lye water. Or it's going to be water, I forget, it's like... It's lime or something. I forget what it is, but this is important. You mix it in, and then you get some fat. But, you know, animal fat. Very basic stuff. You mix a certain ratio of it. I forget which one. The The kind that I have, it's um very hard to explain. Let me look up the ratio, actually. I have it right here on me at all times on my phone. And I never have to explain it out loud. The difference is, this is lie that I'm talking about. Um... Okay, here it is. You're going to want 80 milligrams of that uh, material. And 600, it's a it's 80 to 600. So 80 milligrams of sodium hydroxide, in this case, to 600 grams of fat. The difference is, in this case, the sodium hydroxide is mixed with 200 milliliters of distilled water. This is a chemically, you know, this isn't a regular kitchen. That's how I make it. The thing is, it would be very different. I don't have a measuring for this soap making, unfortunately. There are a lot of recipes online, though, right? Where you just get regular animal fat soap. And it's a thing that people have been doing for years. It shouldn't be too hard to make it on your own. But I'm saying that it would take a month to cure. That's the problem with this soap making. Is that if you already have soap at home, just use that, okay? Disinfectant is very important in... You know, in this scenario as well. So keep some of that at hand. Again, prevention. You know, a plan ahead is what I'm trying to say. What the fuck was that prevention? I don't know what I'm talking about. Look, why would I even mention any of this, okay? Again, I have a sinking feeling. If I'm wrong, thank thank whatever heaven above, okay? Because I don't want to be right in this scenario. Imagine just... Imagine a bad winter coming and it's so fucking freezing that it just... It just stopped everything, you know what I mean? We already had a flood, fuck. I mean, is it not reasonable to think something cold is coming in winter? Yeah, probably nothing too bad. 
it's just, it sucks, you know, it makes you think, um, it makes you think, what if, you know? Anyway, I still need to use the kayak in an actual body of water. <laughs> yeah, we're back to this, I know. But here's the thing that I'm thinking of, right? I have a fishing pole, and I don't have a fishing license, so I'm not gonna go fishing, but I want to. So I'm thinking of getting a month pass and then going kayaking. The problem is the kayak that I have inflates with a pump. That can easily burst with a fucking, you know, with a fishing rod. With the hook specifically. It just goes right in there and pops that shit. That'd be embarrassing. Can you imagine having to swim back to shore because you popped your damn kayak? Yeah, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Got some damn good fish though. Probably. Funny enough, I have stories about me catching fish and never knowing what to do with them. But I'm glad that I learned because at some point I did catch a rainbow trout and I had someone who taught me how to open it, gut it, and then scale it. You're supposed to scale it first, but that's how I was taught, you know? You scale it by, you know, the scales are going to go, think of how the fish swims through the water, right? The scales are going to be aiming towards his tail. So you're going to go tail first, carve towards the head. Why am I saying this? I guess in a scenario like I was mentioning earlier, you could still have a body of water nearby to fish. If you don't, you're going to have to know what local animals are nearby to hunt. But in my case, I have a lot of bodies of water to go fishing. Good for me. So, you know, tail to head first, start dragging a knife across it or a very sharp stone or whatever you have on hand and just keep doing that until no scales fly off those scales are not edible the rest of the fish is so you know i guess except for the bones don't eat the bones or when you're done eating the fish save the bones and boil them and make a fish stock which you want to use within a day or two honestly it's not you don't have refrigeration goddamn okay so that that's how i learned right and after you scale it you cut it open, but watch the, the intestine. You don't want to cut too deep and cut open the uh, the bile and all the dirty shit inside. And if you do, you got to wash it out. Or at the very least, if you have more fish, throw that one out. Or give it to a dog or whatever's nearby, right? I often forget that, too. Whenever whenever there's a scenario where it's like shit hits the fan and you don't have electricity or, or gas or running water. What are you going to do with your pets? You know, that's my biggest fear. I have a lot of dogs. And I love each and every one of them. I'd never hurt them. In fact... If it's an end-of-the-world scenario, and I have to feed my dogs, I'm going to fucking feed them first. They're my little babies, okay? Damn. Especially Max. I've had him since he was a puppy. There's videos of me running on him at the beach. Like, what the fuck am I trying to say? Okay. There's videos of me at Pismo Beach running alongside my dog. Why? Because he was small and didn't know how to run. He was stammering everywhere. It was so cute. I love him. He's only a year old, but he's already the father of seven babies. And there he is crying, actually. I'm glad you can't hear that on the mic. Um, also, the previous recording that I had, right? The reason I had to get rid of it. First off, a number of things. One, I was exhausted after work. And I could. I just came home and I was like, Welcome back to the Mood Podcast. Come kill me, Russia. You know, shit like that. That's what I was saying. Genuinely, unironically, that I should have been a blooper reel, but I deleted it already. I don't think I want to go into that detail. But basically, what I saw was that Russia wants to try and take Alaska back. And I basically yelled, come and take it. But like, I'm not patriotic. You know what I mean? Do I love this country? Yeah, it's all right. It's got its problems. I'll admit that. When it comes to patriotism, I'm not the biggest guy. You know what I mean? I see it the same as nationalism, which kind of think of it. You could, they're interchangeable words, but still. And the episode previous, I don't know why. I think at some point I was crying into the microphone. Again, 
Don't record when you're, in, you're not in the right mindset. I'm laughing at myself now because I'm looking back thinking, what the fuck was I on? You know? And then I remembered that I am on this new, um, I'm on this new supplement, but it doesn't do that. So I'm wondering what the fuck that came from. It's also the diet. I'm putting my, my body through a lot of stress. The only difference is I feel fucking good. I'll be honest. I've reached ketosis last week and I've had the keto fever for a bit. You guys know what that is, right? Keto fever, cold sweats. You're not actually sick, but your body thinks it is. It's acting that way. It's a bitch. Okay. My head hurt for three days straight. And now I have this cough, which occasionally just comes up at random. My body's just trying to act like it's sick, but it's not. It's so annoying. My voice even changed mid-sentence. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of the Meatweed Podcast. Thank you all for listening. The YouTube video came out, and honestly, the the reception has been astronomical. Thank you all so much for that. I made a short with one of the clips in the YouTube video, and it got like a thousand views. So I do appreciate that. You guys have been spreading the word. If you haven't, please share this podcast, share the video, bug your parents, bug your family, do everything, okay? I still have the merch in the merch store, but I also have a book that I'm selling and currently I'm working on another one. Um, I have two books actually that I've been selling for years and I've made, I think I've sold six, which is still amazing to me, right? Because the thing is my name is on a book and it's in someone's shelf. That feels incredible to me. Even if you don't read the damn book, okay? It's there. That's what matters to me. I'm a published author. I feel fucking great about that. I can brag about it. And it feels nice, but I got to make another book. Otherwise, it's not really, it doesn't really count. You know what I mean? Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of Meet Weed Podcast. I'll see you all next week. Hopefully, I'm not too busy this weekend, but I am trying to get some more people to listen. And I'm thinking of another ad campaign. I don't know if the one that I have in mind is really ethical or going to work, but I I know I'd make a hell of a YouTube video. The problem is, again, I, you know, I'm spitballing ideas. They're not the best. I say unethical like I'm going to kill something. No, dude, I was going to I was gonna get some meatweed stickers and tie them to a, a helium balloon and set them off. That was it. But that's all I could think about right now. Anyway, I'll see you guys next week. Thanks.